0: of Advent, we lit the candles of hope and peace and joy and love. And on Christmas Eve, we lit the candle, the Christ candle, celebrating the light coming into the world. The season of Advent is complete. Advent means the coming, and it's here. The light has come. The Gospel of John tells us that the light has come. That is important and beautiful. However, we often need each other to spark the light or fill a room with God's love. May God's light continue to shine this Christmas season in the community, around us, in the churches, and wherever we call home. God, help us to see the light that flickers before us. May we learn and be inspired by your light that continually shines. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Hear these words this day. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. May God grant us understanding of these words today. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. I titled my sermon today, Ready for Light. We've been spending Advent getting ready and I would say, we're, we, by this point, we need to be ready. As we look at this scripture, I have a couple of things to, to bring out to you. The first one is, if someone were to ask you to tell them the beginning of the original Christmas story, the story of the first Christmas, what would you, where would you start? Would you start with Caesar's census and Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem? Maybe you would start with an angel appearing to Joseph and an angel appearing to Mary, or an angel maybe appearing to Zechariah. Maybe like Matthew's gospel, you would start with the genealogy of Joseph. Or maybe take your cue from the Old Testament quotations in Matthew. You would go back to the Old Testament, the original Testament prophecies that speak of the Messiah's coming and birth. You wouldn't be wrong if you started to tell a story from any one of those points, but it wouldn't be perhaps the best place to start. It wouldn't give you a full picture, the big picture we absolutely need if we want to understand the earth-shattering significance of Christmas. So what would be the best place to begin? Where should we turn Well, instead of turning to the traditional Christmas Gospels, Matthew and Luke, we should look to the opening words of John's Gospel. Let's look at that this morning. John 1 is often called the prologue to John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's where this Gospel begins, in the beginning. This is actually John's nativity story. It's not with the shepherds and angels or a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes or lying in the manger. In this nativity story, this Christmas story, John takes us back to the very beginning. And I have to admit that it's kind of hard to wrap your minds around this Christmas story, especially on Christmas Day. You know, we all love Christmas, or most of us do, We love the Christmas stories that we can easily visualize in our minds, Mary and Joseph and the baby, the straw and the manger, the sheep and the shepherds, the angels and the angelic choir, the three wise men, their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But in John's gospel, we hear none of this. However, John echoes the words from the book of Genesis, in the beginning God created. God moved over the chaos and the darkness and said, let there be light. And John's gospel from the very beginning was the word. The God who moved over the face of the deep, over the darkness, who spoke and said, let there be light. This same God who was from the beginning and spoke that word, this same God became flesh and blood and dwelt among us. John says, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. I love this confident note of hope that we hear in this verse. On the one hand, it is a declaration of this, of a state of fact, light is stronger than darkness. And at the same time, It is also a promise even when it seems otherwise. And even the briefest scan of the headlines can make it seem otherwise. Yet the light continues to shine and the darkness has neither overcome it nor understood it. Bear with me for a minute and consider the idea of light. Can you imagine the moment when light burst forth to overwhelm the darkness. We, for the most part, have never known total darkness. I maybe have gotten a small glimpse of that when I was in a cave, say, in Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico, or Mammoth Caves in Kentucky, or Lewis and Clark Caves in Montana. I'm thinking of the time when you go down to the very bottom and the tour guide turns off the lights and you're there in complete darkness if you put your hand in front of your face you cannot see your hand for me there is kind of this moment when that happens of complete panic and that happens just before the gar the guide turns on the light Picture total darkness in your mind. Think about fear and anxiety that comes with being in the dark. Feel your heart racing, your palms sweating, your body shaking. And then imagine God saying, let there be light. And light bursts forth in the darkness. That moment right there, that moment when light bursts forth, that moment is Christmas. In Jesus, we have the embodiment of both life and light. As John continues his introduction of Jesus, he focuses on the pair of words that I just spoke, light and life. John wrote, in him was life, and that life was light of all humans. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In this verse, through these two words, light and life, Jesus is saying, I will show you the way. We often take these two benefits, light and life, for granted. When was the last time you went to bed wondering if the sun would rise in the morning? We pretty much count on the sun rising, and most of the time our light bulbs work. Life and light are givens. When John says that Jesus is life and light, we treat it as a sort of a ho-hum, no big deal. But could John be referring to something more than physical life and rays of light? Consider this. Darkness is associated with a number of unpleasant things. In the dark, a person tends to move slowly and wander aimlessly. We tend to be more fearful when it's dark in part because we can't see the dangers that would be apparent if it were light, but also because there is something about darkness that gives rise to our fears. Even in the security of our own bed with the windows and doors securely locked and no apparent danger, we often wake with our pulse racing because of anxiety that seems to dissipate with the light of dawn. Now, Imagine the people of God having dwelled in darkness for a very long time and suddenly blinking in the brightness of God's light. I don't know what you've carried into this day, this Christmas day. I can only speak to my own load, and I admit that sometimes it's heavy. You might be able to relate to that. If that's you, today I bring you this message. The light of Christ is for you. You have lived in deep darkness, but the Savior, Christ the Lord, has conquered it completely. The darkness must give way to light. Life and light. Life and light. We live confident of the promise that light is stronger than darkness. Love is stronger than hate. Life is stronger than death. Christmas is here, my friends. The light shines, my friends. Whatever our present situation is, that does not change. My prayer for you this day is that you always face toward the light that's given to us. Amen.